Hello everybody, and I hope you all are doing well and you've had a great summer um, with school starting back. Um, hope your kids and your family are getting back into a normal routine. I'm going to try to get back into a normal routine here with my podcasting and hopefully give you some more practical, real-life, psychological, spiritual advice and counsel uh, about what to do in your relationships, what to do in your life, um, how to grow in your spiritual, emotional, and relational life. Um, so today, I'm going to talk about what I've been saying for the last couple of days. I'm going to talk about um, marriage and intimacy, and I'm going to talk about it. Um, really, I'm going to be talking to the men. Um, so if you're in a relationship and you're a man, I'm going to give you some things to think about. Um, here's where I want to start. Most men that come into my office, their biggest chief complaint is their wives are not affectionate. That she doesn't care. That she won't hold my hand. She doesn't want to have sex. She um, doesn't um, kiss me. I want to be with her. And she rejects me. Um, all those kind of things. So, and after 22 years of being a therapist, um, I think I have a pretty good idea about how and why this happens in men. Um, not all the time and not every single time, but many, many times it's something that we can do. Uh, we keep looking to our wives to change and to fix something and to make it different and to feel more um, sexual and more affectionate. And we ask it and we demand it. And the reality is it's something that we need to do. There's something we need to change in order for that to happen for us. Um, so here's where our first mistake comes in. Um, we have been taught all our lives, most of us men, that our job is to grow up, get a job, become the provider of the family, meaning we uh, pay the bills. We make sure the mortgage is paid and the car payments are paid and everybody has gas in their car and everybody gets to eat and everybody has clothes and everybody can buy the things they need. And even the things they want. That we make sure everybody goes on vacation. And we make sure all these things happen. And we think that if when we've done all that, we've done our job. That after our work, we can sit back. We can relax. We don't have to worry about much. We've done our job. That our wives and our kids, that our wives are mainly responsible for, for taking care of home. And I know that's not all men. And our wives are mainly responsible for the parenting responsibilities. So that when we get home, we um, watch TV. We kick our feet up. We... Um, we may help with the kids a little bit around um, dinner or homework, and and uh, but that's kind of the end of our responsibilities. And we look at our wives, and we feel like we've done our job. And what we want, which is not wrong to want this, we want significance. We want to feel valued. We want to feel respected and appreciated, significant and valued. Now, how do we usually feel significant, appreciated, valued? Through sex. Men, most men feel that way because they can be touched. They will be loved. Their wives want to be with them. Um, their wives want to hold their hands. Their wives want to be affectionate. Their wives want to kiss them. And this is how a man knows, most men, or feels confident about, that I'm significant and I'm valued. However, what, I mean is, what we as men don't understand is that our role as a human being, not just being a man, but as a human being, is... That we have to make our wives feel safe. Yes, part of that is providing for the family and making sure things are paid for and making sure things are done that way. 
But the biggest way we provide for our wife is this word I call presence. And what is presence? Presence is what I teach men when they come in my office for marriage counseling. Presence is really about stopping and listening to your partner. Stopping and hearing what they really have to say. And as corny and as silly as this may sound, stopping, listening to what they have to say, and repeating it back. Saying, oh, hey, so you feel really angry. Hey, you, you've had a bad day. Hey, that's been really awful. Man, that person really made you mad, huh? Man, the kids are really getting on your nerves. It's really being able to listen. And make somebody feel safe. Because what has happened in 22 years of being a therapist is... It's never not happened this way. It even happened yesterday twice this way. And I sit and I have a man who complains about not getting affection and love and care and sex. And I explain presence. Hey, you've got to stop and you've got to listen. You've got to set aside everything that is important to you. Your anger, your frustration, your feelings of defensiveness that, hey, I'm not getting what I want and here I am and I've, I've done this and this and this and this and why don't you want to be affectionate? And when your wife tries to tell you how she feels, what it's like for her, we talk over her, we get arg- angry, we argue that, no, that's not right because, and you know what I'll do and why can't you? And that's not presence. Presence is not even just stopping and listening and shaking my head at you. Because if I'm sitting watching the football game on TV and my wife says, hey, I need to talk to you. And while she's talking to me, I'm looking at the TV and looking back at her. I got the, the remote control in my hand, switching between football games. And I'm just saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm still not listening. Something else has gotten my attention. So what we what presence is, is that we put all those things down. And everything that's important to me, everything that I find that I need to express and I need to say, and I've got to say it right now, I need to set that aside. How I explain to people is in my office for 50 minutes at a time, the people sitting in front of me, they're the only people that get my attention for that 50 minutes. My wife can have an emergency. She can call me. She can leave in a message. But she knows I'm not talking to anybody until that hour's up. And yes, people pay me for that, and that's what I get paid for because I'm giving that kind of presence to somebody. But our spouses deserve that kind of presence, guys. Our partners deserve that kind of presence that we set aside everything that's important to us and we pay attention. And this doesn't require us to do it 24-7. It requires us to do that in spurts. There's a moment here and a moment there. And yes, there's a moment we turn off the game, we stop, we turn and we look at our wife and we listen to what she's saying. There's a moment we put down our phone, our iPads, we look at each other, and we deeply listen to each other. Now, what I said earlier was that that's happened for 22 years. What what has happened for 22 years in a row is when I explain this to men that way, I say, listen, now if you can give her that, she can feel emotionally safe. What your wife is sitting in front of me telling me is that she needs to feel emotionally safe with you, that she can share what she needs to share, anything in the world she needs to share, however she feels. She's not going to be judged for that. She's not going to be um, cut off. She's not going to be um, criticized. That she's going to have a person in front of her, that partner in front of her, that's going to say, 
that's awful. Or what you're telling me is that you feel angry. Or that, hey, what I've done here is I've really made you mad and frustrated. Or, hey, what you see me doing is. Or, hey, you've had a bad day. That she's got to feel emotionally safe with you. Because what happens if I say this, and this is where I get women shaking their head vigorously at me. Because if you can't make her feel emotionally safe that I can share these things and talk about these things. What I do is I, I usually like touch places on my body and, and say, you ain't getting none of this. And when I say that, women shake their head. Because until she feels emotionally safe and like you, she has your full attention and your full presence. Wanting to feel sexual or feel affectionate is the furthest thing from her mind. And I want guys, you to understand that with your partner. There's so much more. What I usually hear women express to me is at some point, yeah, paying the bills and doing that is great. I'm glad he does that. That's important. I can do that. I can find somebody else to do that. What I want and what I need is somebody who I know loves me. How do women know they're loved? Well, yes, you take care of them financially and those kind of ways, but you take care of them emotionally. You listen. You care. You give them your full presence. When that defensive stuff comes up and you want to plead your case, you stop and you listen and you repeat back what you hear her say. Now, why is that important? Because we have this thing in us called fight and flight, which is a biological thing. I can point to the places in your head, your amygdala, your hypothalamus, your hippocampus. This is the part of you when you drive down the highway at 70 miles an hour. You top a hill, you turn the corner, everybody in front of you stop, and you got to do everything you can to stop without having a wreck. Your body takes over automatically. You do everything you can, and you stop. And right after you stop, and you've almost hit somebody, but you didn't, you feel shaky and nervous, and your stomach's turned over, and, you, and, you're, and you're shaking a little bit. Because your amygdala and your hypothalamus and your hippocampus have registered, oh my gosh, danger, have poured out cortisol and epinephrine and norepinephrine and adrenaline and your heart rate's gone up and your blood pressure's gone up and your sugar has spiked and you feel scared. It's a great thing out there because what it does is it keeps you safe. Your amygdala's always on, always making sure that nothing bad's going to happen to you. We call it the fight and flight response. Flight is you go eat somewhere for dinner tonight, you get sick, you throw up. I ask you even a month later, hey, let's go back and eat over there. What do you tell me? Right. No. I'm not doing that, Clint. Because your amygdala and your hypothalamus and your, and your hippocampus, they store memory. They only store bad memories. So when I ask you about that, that memory pops out. You taste the food again, you smell it, your stomach turns over and you say, no, I got hurt there before, I'm not going there again. Again, a great thing out there, an awful thing these things are when it comes to relationships because when you feel like it's going to happen to you again, <clears throat> you feel like you have to fight. So we yell, we get defensive, we defend ourselves. And some men flight, we withdraw, we hold in how we feel. We don't talk about it. We withdraw through drinking, we withdraw through games or TV, sleep, work. And we don't need to do that. It's also what I call a psychological reflex. It's like going to the doctor. He pulls out the uh, reflex mallet. It's going to hit your knee. You can tell yourself all day long, I will not move my leg. I will not move my foot. You will because you don't really control that. It's a reflex. 
Same thing with fight and flight. It's a psychological reflex. So what you have to begin to notice is it comes on. And when it comes on, you notice it, you see it, you feel it, and you have to set it aside. And this is very, very hard. I teach it all the time. I still get it wrong. I got it wrong last night. I got angry and defensive with my son. I yelled at him when I should not have yelled at him. I got upset and frustrated and yelled when I shouldn't have because I was angry and I was defensive and that psychological reflex came up and I didn't catch myself. So you won't catch yourself all the time. Right afterwards, I caught myself. Right afterwards, I knew what I'd done. And when you do that, you need to apologize, stop, listen, recognize what you've done, make it feel safe again. Make it feel safe for your partner. Make it feel safe for you. Also say this is a spiritual thing. I mean, if you really want to look at the spiritual stories of the Bible and other other <clears throat> creation stories, that one of the first two things Adam and Eve did once they fell, that they ate of the fruit. Yeah, they withdrew, they hid, flight, and then they fought each other about whose fault it was. These three things, this is just our base nature. And guys, men, in your relationship with your partner, with your spouse, we've got to learn how to listen and hear. We've got to take the leadership in this. And I'm there with you. I'm not very good at this at times. Um, at, at some point, I'm going to have my wife come on the podcast with me and talk about how I'm not good at this. I was going to do this this time, but we were unable to do that. Because um, I teach it, and I'm not good at it sometimes because my fight and flight comes up. I want to be right. I want to be seen as doing the right thing. I want to be seen as trying to take care of. I want them to see everything I've done for them already. And why can't they listen to me? And I just don't understand why they're not listening to me. And why can't they see what I've done? And when I do that, people don't hear me. People don't feel safe. My wife and my son get quiet. They don't want to talk to me about how they feel. I'm not connected with them. My wife doesn't want to be affectionate. My son doesn't want to play with me and throw the ball and spend time with me. I feel alone and isolated and rejected. And then my tendency is to want to withdraw even more, which is the last thing I need to do. So men, take this and practice. Practice presence. Stopping and listening and hearing. Being empathetic. Trying to have compassion. Trying to understand how your wife is suffering, how she feels, what her pain is, what her joy is, what gets her motivated, what gets her going. Listen to it, hear it, say it back to her. As crazy as that sounds, when you say something back to somebody, even exactly how they said it, they feel heard. I've been doing it for 22 years as a therapist. It's the first thing we're taught as therapists. Repeat back what you hear somebody say. We call it mirroring. And if I become a mirror to somebody, they instantly feel connected with. Use this in your relationship. Women, you can use it too, but today I'm specifically talking to men because I want men to understand if you can make her, your spouse, your partner feel safe emotionally. Affection will flow. Sexuality will flow. The word I use here is intimacy. Emotional and physical intimacy 
will flow. And that's what we want for our marriages, right? We want to feel connected with, happy, intimate, emotionally, sexually, physically. We want affection. We want to feel cared for. We want to feel like we get every need met. And guess what? When we get our needs met, we don't leave relationships where we get our needs met. So I want to give you this little quick tip. Men, be present. That's what presence means. It's a hard skill to learn. I'm doing it for 22 years, been teaching it, and I'm still learning how to do it, still learning how to get it right. So I'll have more of these every week. Um, tune in. Please, I asked somebody, hey, can I share this? Can I do it? Please, please, please share it. Share it over and over again on any social media you want. Twitter, Facebook, all those places. Um, I want as many people to know how to keep their marriage and their relationship fresh and new and passionate and intimate as I can. So give me comments too. Let me know how it's going. Let me know if you need help. Um, So have a great, great day and namaste.